with key point number two. May we rejoice in the rest and relief that comes through Christ. May we rejoice in the rest and relief that comes through Christ. Let's pick back up at verse 17. In, in reference to all that just happened, it says, This was on the 13th day of the month of Adar, and on the 14th of the month they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. But the Jews who were at Shushan assembled together on the 13th day, as well as on the 14th and on the 15th of the month they rested and made it a day of feasting and gladness. Therefore, the Jews of the villages who dwelt in the unwalled towns celebrated the 14th day of the month of Adar with gladness and feasting as a holiday and for sending presents to one another. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters to all the Jews near and far who were in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus to establish among them that they should celebrate yearly the 14th and 15th days of the month of Adar as the days on which the Jews had rest from their enemies. As the month which was turned from sorrow to joy for them and from mourning to a holiday that they should make them days of feasting and joy, of sending presents to one another and gifts to the poor, so the Jews accepted the custom which they had begun. As Mordecai had written to them, because Haman, the son of Hamidatha, the Agagite, the enemy of all the Jews, had plotted against the Jews to annihilate them and, and had cast poor, that is, the lot, to consume them and destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letter that this wicked plot which Haman had devised against the Jews should return on its own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. You know, rest and relief. When we read those words in this passage, they are the precursors to rejoicing. There is something, there is this, this relief uh, that happens um, when you take a final exam. You're, you, you've been there in school. I know when you're taking a lot of classes, I'm sure you have a lot of final exams. When you have those final exams, once they're done, there's a, a relief, right? When, you, when you're finished with that last class, there's a relief. It's done. But there's rejoicing at graduation. See, there's relief, there's rest, there's a moment of, ah, oh, I'm done with that exam. But there is celebration at the graduation. When I think about those types of things, when I think about it, in Christ, we have relief from our enemies. We have rest from our striving. But what we experience right now is only in part of what one day we will know in full. And one day we are going to know that rest, and we are going to know that relief, and we are going to know that rejoicing that flows from that for all of eternity. But notice the sequence. One day, judgment is coming. And for those in Christ, we will experience relief and rest. 
And when we enter into eternity free from anxiety, we will be able to rejoice. We will work in heaven, no doubt. But it's going to be free from exhaustion, and it will be filled with joy. We will no longer watch the news with frustration to hear stories of road rage and the loss of young life. We'll no longer watch the news and hear of mass shootings. Instead, through Christ, we will experience the full rest and the full relief that will prompt us to worship and rejoice for eternity. Let's keep going. Key point number three, then, is this, that may we remember that Christ brings eternal salvation. Picking back up at verse 26 and continuing to the three verses in chapter 10. So they called these days Purim, after the name Pur. Therefore, because of all the words of this letter, what they had seen concerning this matter, and what had happened to them, the Jews established and imposed it upon themselves and their descendants and all who would join them, that without fail they should celebrate these two days every year, according to the written instructions and according to the prescribed time, that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city, that these days of Purim should not fail to be observed among the Jews and that the memory of them should not perish among their descendants. Then Queen Esther, the daughter of Abihel, with Mordecai the Jew, wrote with full authority to confirm this second letter about Purim. And Mordecai sent letters to all the Jews, to the 127 provinces of the kingdom of Ahasuerus, with words of peace and truth, to confirm these days of Purim at their appointed time, as Mordecai the Jew and Queen Esther had prescribed for them, and as they had decreed for themselves and their descendants concerning matters of their fasting and lamenting. So the decree of Esther confirmed these matters of Purim, and it was written in the book. Chapter 10. And King Ahasuerus imposed tribute on the land and on the islands of the sea. Now all the acts of his power and his might and the account of the greatness of Mordecai to which the king advanced him, are they not written in the book of the chronicles of the kings of Media and Persia? For Mordecai the Jew was second to King Ahasuerus and was great among the Jews and well received by the multitude of his brethren, seeking the good of his people and speaking peace to all his countrymen. The purpose of the holiday Purim was to serve as a reminder that God was faithful to deliver his people. You know, throughout history, God's people have created holidays, memorials to remind us of God's faithfulness. When God's people crossed the Red Sea, one of the things that they did was set up 12 stones. They set up 12 stones, one representing each of the tribes that crossed the sea. They call it an Ebenezer. That's what they were called, the 12 stones. You may remember the, the hymn, Here I Raise Mine Ebenezer. The whole purpose of that song is to say, here I am, I am setting up a memorial. I am setting up a reminder 
that God has delivered me from something. And that's what it means to set up an Ebenezer. So we are prone to do that. We're prone to set up these memorials, these, these opportunities to remind us that God has delivered us from something. When the, part of the purpose in that is so that future generations, when they come along and they see 12 stones, not just thrown recklessly, but 12 stones stacked in such a way that you go, there was purpose behind this. And uh, uh, future generations say, what is the purpose of these stones? Why are they arranged this way? Why are they stacked this way? That it gives us an opportunity to say, let me tell you how God delivered us. Let me tell you how we crossed the sea on dry land because God parted the waters. Let me tell you how God was faithful. We have done it time and time again. We even have Memorial Day. And we, we have days like this, kind of as an Ebenezer, an opportunity for us to teach a younger generation to say, let me tell you about this Ebenezer. Let me tell you this. Let me show you this picture on the screen. Because the one on top of the beach doesn't happen without the one on the bottom. And we need to take moments to teach just as they did with Purim, just as they did with the 12 stones, and just as we can with moments like this, with, with days like this, such as Memorial Day, where we can teach younger generations about the, the, the history and the sacrifice of this nation. And say, we don't have days at the beach without this day at the beach. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. And we have communion for the same reason. The Lord's Supper. It's a reminder that God, through Christ, was faithful to deliver his people. It's a memorial of the sacrifice that Jesus made to, to make salvation possible. One last thought. May we always proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. <laughs>